This episode is brought to you by Kitcaster. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Hey there, you are listening to the Dream Big and Kick-Ass Podcast. I'm Mandy, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. If you want encouragement, inspiration, support, empowerment, then join me as we talk about finding and following our purpose, overcoming adversity, and living out our dreams. If you believe life's too short to be caught up in insecurities, fear, and feeling defeated, then let's hang out in the Dream Big and Kick-Ass Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Mandy here. I'm so glad you guys are joining us today, and I am excited to interview my friend and former coworker Rob Miles. He and I worked together for about four years on the same team of uh, leading a bunch of crazy middle schoolers, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Oh. So it was lots of uh, fun and stuff, right? Yeah. So anyway, tell us a little mm. bit about yourself, sir. Oh. Okay. I do a little bit of a, a deep dive because part of it applies to why I am where I am today. I was born in a small town. When I was there, it was about 20 miles outside of St. Louis. Now it's about seven miles outside of St. Louis. My grandmother was a kindergarten, first grade teacher. And it didn't mean much to me as I was when I was a kid. And I moved away, moved to Detroit. I came back for my senior year of high school. And probably 75, 80% of my teachers had had my grandmother as a teacher. Oh, wow. And 75, 80% of my classmates had either had my grandmother or they were in the classroom right next to my grandmother. And I was like, this is a town of people who have personal connections to my grandmother. Yeah. My dog got lost one time and he, I lived here. I took him and dropped him off in, in St. Louis and my dog got lost and somebody recognized my name and connected it with my grandmother and my grandmother got them to call and it was amazing, but I got my dog back because, wow. yeah, and I was <laughs> like, huh, yeah, that's kind of the impact I want to have. I want to, yeah. you know, that immortality, if you will. Yeah. So I graduated, joined the Air Force, spent 26 years, mostly as a flyer. And during that time, I got a taste of teaching by being a an instructor. So I would, it was basically adult education. Went from there, retired, finished my degree and lucked out. Santa Fe South was opening their middle school and the principal of the middle school, Terry Coles, God lover, said, I'm going to call troops. She was a, a military, retired military person. Yeah. So she called the troops, the teachers coordinator here in Oklahoma City. And I had just been in his office. So she, he was like, well, here's this guy, interview him. And the rest was kind of history. It was that, luckily, that military connection that got me in at Santa Fe South. What was that called? Troops for what? Troops for Teachers. For teachers. It's a federal program. My degree is in history. So I was going to have to do alt cert anyway. Right. Most people who retire from the military and they have a degree, it's not in teaching. It's not in education. It's going yeah. to be in something business management or whatever. And what they do is they crunch all of your credits and figure out what you can apply for, like a math certification or social studies. Most of us turn out to be social studies teachers. And so they help push all the paperwork through to get you all certified and to make meet all the wickets that you have to jump through to become a teacher. Right. Of course, this was back in the days before emergency certifications, right. when if you are willing to sit in a classroom with 14-year-olds, come on in. There you go. Here's your certification. Yeah. Here's your certification. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on you every couple of weeks. Check in, make sure we'll you're- Check on you, make sure you're surviving. Yeah. I'm the new teacher liaison for the school I'm in now. And over the last three years, half of our teachers have been emergency certified. And because of the way schedules have set up, it literally, it might be two weeks before somebody can stick their head in a classroom. And it's like, yeah. uh, I survived that. 
back in Santa Fe South, but yeah. I had a few tools anyway. Some of these yeah. poor kids are coming in with no idea what they're zero, in Zero. Zero idea of what they're walking into. It's, yeah. <laughs> I feel for them. Yeah. I feel for them. Oh, I do. Most definitely. One of the funny things I have discovered, though, is is we're all in this kind of together, all of us who are teachers and coaches and, and all of that, because I'm no longer in the classroom. I'm now an instructional coach. And yeah. we got to take a tour through the Hitachi Corporation to Japan uh, oh, two years cool. ago. And I went to two elementaries and two junior highs. And we sat and we talked to teachers and principals and students for hours. Neat. And what I discovered is this is the same thing everywhere. Are you serious? I mean, really? It, yeah. They, the Japanese, the school district we were in, asked Norman Public Schools to pay for our lunches because they didn't have the money to buy an extra lunch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Most of their schools, though, what I really, I absolutely fell in love with is they have like one of the middle schools we visited had a full Olympic-sized pool. Yeah. It was maintained by parents of students. They ran the swimming class. They provided lifeguards. They did the pool care and cleaning. I mean, all of it. It was a parent-driven organization. I was like, wow. That cool. would be... I'll take that. Really, really yeah. cool. Here, I don't, yeah. can't imagine. That would yeah. like floor I mean, me if I walked into a place and they were doing that here. Yeah, most definitely. What? Heck, yeah. just going to... <laughs> just going when we switched from the one uh, district to the other and that particular school had parent teacher organization, I was like, what? They, they actually have one of those here. I didn't know how yeah. to act. I was like excited and like confused. And like, there was a big box of, you know, supplies and stuff set on my desk before school. started. And, and I was amazing, like, what? Right? Oh my God. Yeah. And they would, um, and I actually was able to purchase um, a class set of, of novels through them. I was like, yeah. I can do what? They'll do what? They'll, they'll pay for it. Really? Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I was really excited yeah. about that. But those were the only well, two years that I ever I had left in 15 years of <laughs> when I went to um, Putnam City High School after yeah. I left Santa Fe South, they not only had a PTA that did Teacher Appreciation Week and, you yeah. know, free t-shirts for teacher teachers. And I mean, all of the stuff you expected, but the school itself gave me 150 bucks every year for my room. 150 yeah. bucks. What? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, what? really money for my classroom? What is this? Do. This is magical you thing. <laughs> you have to give 30 of it back to buy for the pool, but the rest of it's yours. Just figure <laughs> out what you want and let me know. <sighs> yeah. And then you're like, well, crap, how do I narrow this down? 150 bucks is so much money. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I still have boxes of pencils from that era. Oh, no. I, uh, my kids always just ran me smooth out of pencils every single oh. year. All the time. I just matter. quit buying them. I quit buying them. Take a shoe, take a take a backpack, take a, it doesn't matter. They're still going to walk with that, with your pencil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, speaking of Santa Fe South, is there any kind of funny memory that you have about the time that we worked together? It didn't have to involve me, but like I, I, anything that you can talk about. <laughs> yeah, there, there's so much that I, I don't want to speak ill of people who can't defend themselves. So. Right. Or, or not even ill, but just tell. But just tell stories. silly things on them, yeah. I, I don't know that it's funny or, I, I don't know. It's, for me, I think that the strongest memories I'm ever going to have are sitting in Jay Troy's room with burritos from Senor Dollar Burrito Truck down the street. Yeah. Garage would go down there and order on his plan period and come back and we'd all have just fantastic burritos or yes. street tacos or whatever it was. And Man, I had forgotten talk, about that. Talk about students, you know, yeah. and talk about what's bothering us. And I've been on a lot of different teams in my life. And that team, I think, was we just got along so perfectly. Well. Yeah. You know, and, and watching Jay Troy break down in tears when talking about a student who he just couldn't figure out how to reach. And I was like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is, yeah. Yeah. So. It's those kinds of things that that stick in my mind. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I guess funny would be taking this group of Southside kids to Camp Goddard for the very yeah. first time that I had never been there. They had never been there. We get off the bus and we're walking across the sidewalk and there are two scorpions fighting <gasps> on the sidewalk. Oh my gosh. And the kids, their heads exploded because, <laughs> oh my God, this, we're out in the wild. And I was like, what are we going to do? Roughly, sort of, if you want to call it. Sort of in the wild-ish. <laughs> in the wild-ish. But there are scorpions and they are fighting to the death. So, you know, yeah, yeah I get that. So you might not want to touch them or, yeah. Yeah, get too close or, yeah. And later in the day, it was a tarantula. And at night, they were always so mad because it was so loud, all the bugs and the, the birds and the crickets and the Right, whatever. they weren't used to that kind and, of noise. And I was like, I, I would bet your house is much noisier. Oh, yes. Ha- they had to be. Yeah. They were crazy. So. They were like loud, loud, obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> Love them. Yeah. I remember... I remember... Um, is this what I'm supposed to drop Brian Escada's name? What? Is this where I'm supposed to drop Brian Escada's name? Oh, yeah, sure. Just, drop names. I okay, don't care. Okay. Just right in the middle. Okay. The Christmas talent show? Yeah. That's what I'm, when you were dressed up with a poodle, pink poodle skirt. Uh, the pink poodle skirt and Raj was Santa Claus yeah. and Jay Troy was the scientist. And oh, we lip synced, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that was funny. The kids yes, were just it's, it's over the top one on of that. My, they just loved that kind of stuff. One of my favorite Christmas songs, and and it was just it just went really well. Occasionally, I'll dust that thing off and look at it because it's yeah. just it makes me laugh still. Yeah, Jay Troy doing his. <laughs> he had one move, one move. That's one it. move, but he he had that. But move he nailed down. it. He yep. nailed that one move. Do you remember when we did the um, intercession times with the, like we had the kids working on bicycles and, and kites and rocket ships and things like that. Yep. Those were really neat times because they're actually, you know, it was that, that was project based learning at its finest and not being confined to a bill schedule yep. or anything like that. Yeah. That was, I think, were- I think that was authentic learning going on those days. I, I think so. And I think those first few times we did it, we did it really, really well. Yeah. I think later on, it kind of fell into the, oh my goodness, intercession again. Right. Kind of thing. Well, we were but, more and smooth. Oh like, yeah. That going to year like round I had no more creativity. Just, yeah. Year round school was brutal. I mean, yeah. Just, I never want to do that again. No. I, was, I wasn't I a fan of it to begin with. But I was like, okay, I'm not going to say I don't like it until I've tried it once. I think I was there long enough to do it twice, I guess. And I was like, mm, yep. nope, not for me. Nope. Bye. Yeah, it was a little much. Without a doubt. I mean, we're talking about how it is so difficult for teachers, especially right now. So compare last year to mm. this year as mm. far as getting ready for this year and the changes and the COVID things that keep changing all the time. How does it compare yeah. and contrast to last year? Let's do a Venn diagram. Comparing a dress. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there would be anything in both circles. I really don't. Yeah. I, I think this year is such a one-off, unique, bizarre thing. It's not going to fit in anybody's chart of how a career should go, how should a go. school year should go, anything. Right. And it's weird because my master's is in e-learning and technology. Yeah. Uh, you know who Mark Prinsky is? No. He was big right actually right about the time we met there was uh, terry coles actually shared his article digital immigrants digital natives uh-huh. with me and mark prinsky's theory and it is really a theory because he's 100 completely wrong and i am in a vicious one-sided email war with the man right now oh wow he actually came and spoke at he came and spoke at Norman Public Schools my second year there for our big convocation to start the beginning of the year. And I sat there and I just glared at him the entire time. And my teacher, we shared a, a removable wall and she was like, what is your problem? I was like, that jerk. He doesn't know what he's talking about. His theory was that um, I will never speak technology as well as our students will because they were born with technology. And so they just inherently know how to use it. And 
people like me, we had to learn technology. Well, what he doesn't understand was I learned to program in basic back in 1979 working at a Radio Shack because nobody went to Radio Shack. And I could sit at a computer and for eight hours just type code into a computer uh-huh. and hit a button. And after eight hours of furious typing, I could get a very simple text-based game to pop up that would last maybe 10 moves. <laughs> but I could do it. But you could do it. I love technology and I love, and so this idea of doing this, doing virtual classes and teaching via the, the web and getting to expand a student's horizons beyond a textbook. And, and I bring up textbooks because you remember back Santa Fe South, my first American history textbook was no kidding, a quarter of an inch thick. Yeah, I didn't even get covered, literature books, English books. I didn't covered get from the beginning of time to the end of reconstruction, quarter of an inch. Oh my God. Yeah. My first geography book that I had there talked about the recent fall of the Soviet Union. And this was in 2009. The recent. (laughs) The recent fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah. So I was thrilled by this idea of let's expand the classroom to the entire world. Let's, you know, do Zoom calls with people in other countries. Yeah. Heck yeah. Microsoft has that whole thing set up where you can actually set up Zoom calls with classrooms in South America or right. China. Or, I'm like, yes, let's do this. And then we got to do it. Let's don't ever do this again. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I'm still a big believer in bringing all of this into a child's life. I really, really am. I think yeah. the positives of the global reach that I have are so much stronger than the negative. But this. But not in a force fed way. Yeah, nobody was prepared for this. Nobody was ready, except for some virtual schools that were tentatively, they were were pretty okay. True. So, and and for me, it's kind of this split thing. Norman has had one-to-one for secondary and classroom sets of technology for elementary for three years now. And we were using it like another textbook. It was, you know, okay, we're going to use the computers today and you're going to do research on this. Okay, I mean... And Google Classroom is fantastic, and I loved it, and I still love it, but it just isn't sturdy enough for this. And so trying to teach Zoom and Canvas to kids who, who are not. aren't sitting with you. Yeah. You can't say, no, 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 don't, don't push that button. Push this right. button. Holy cow. And it's and, like, you and, can talk about, like, I would create some loom videos quick videos to tutorial videos to show them how to do a certain thing but if they couldn't access that that video or didn't know how to click to get that then they're still screwed they don't know you know they're stuck and one of the biggest problems we've run into is we adopted canvas in july and we were expecting to roll it out everybody ready to go in two weeks from mid early august to mid-august yeah that's yeah. That's and, crazy. And it's what we discovered was, and, and it was something that the six instructional coaches had loved teachers, love them 100%, but most of the time they're like, eh, I'm going to do it my way. Uh-huh. And so Timmy, sixth grader, logs into his Canvas. And on this teacher's Canvas, the Zoom link for the daily class meeting is right there on the front page every time. Yeah. He goes to his next class virtual class and nothing is where it was in the first class and it's like okay it's too confusing you are a sixth grade team you need to sit down and build classrooms that look the same Mm -hmm. i'm not talking content or how you teach them or any of that but students need to know if i click this button this is what i'm going to go to right and streamline it a little more make it a little easier for them like it's hard yeah. enough to just teach them regular content, but if you can't even get to that point because they're struggling with the, the technology, you know, yeah. you, you've got to walk them through, hold their hands yeah. until they're used to it. And that's a lot well, it, of time over and over. It is. And it hurt my heart yesterday. I was on a Facebook group uh, for one of the online learning platforms and we were looking at something and some a teacher came in and she was frustrated and rightfully so because nothing is going the way you're supposed to be going nothing yeah and she said a kid just emailed me and said ma'am i'm sorry i do not understand a single thing we've done this first nine weeks i'm struggling 
can you create a video to kind of sum up what the first nine weeks is about so we have at least a starting off point? The whole, the whole nine weeks. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, and the number of teachers that said, tell him to throw off and you're not doing that. If he needs to know something, he can look it up on Khan Academy. I was like, um, not my favorite response. No. I'm I mean, I get the frustration. Wrong. And I, of course, I don't know what the, how many times the person tried to yeah. and, reach and out. And I mean, you never know what the student was actually, you know, and the email suspiciously read like a parent's writing, but the, the answer can't always be no, but the answer can't always be you have to fix every single thing. We've yeah. got to figure out how to do this when we can't sit next to the student. And I don't think anybody ever really. Yeah, nobody's really completely figured that out, what the best way is. Because you have to factor in all of their, what they have at home, what they don't have at home. Oh, yeah. All of those things is just compounded even more than what you would have to think about if they were actually coming to class. Oh, yeah. We had to buy, what was it, 5000 I think, of the little Wi-Fi hotspots mm-hmm. and give them to parents because mm-hmm. we had 5,000 homes. Yeah, that don't have internet. That had nothing. I know. I think too many people assume everybody has internet. No, they don't. They just well, don't. That's not the same. <laughs> I've got a driveway. That doesn't mean I naturally have a car. I have a car. <laughs> oh, my God. It's frustrating, though. Most yeah. Definitely. It's very frustrating. Okay, so what have you learned in your career that would be helpful to listeners and to other teachers right now? Like what to do, what not to do, things like that. New teachers. Um, yeah, new or any teacher, take, really. It, for new teachers, take a deep breath. It gets better. Sometimes. Yeah. I, I saw the face. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> sometimes it gets better. Sometimes it gets worse. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have been in jobs where the first year I was absolutely in love. And by the last year, it was like, yeah, it's been fun. See you. Time you know? to go. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's over. So, yeah. but for everybody, really, I think meet people where they are is, is my big thing. I'm not in the classroom anymore. I've moved out of the classroom. I'm now an instructional coach. And the first thing I learned in talking to teachers, because we had just gotten the one-to-one technology, every teacher had a brand new MacBook Air. Wow. Every middle school student had a brand new MacBook Air. Dang. And, and it was, okay, so now I have this $1,500 piece of technology. What do I do with now it? Now what do I do with it? Right. And nobody knew. Students, teachers, nobody. They were all, well... Of course, the kids immediately start downloading Call of Duty and any other game. All the stuff they that they're find. not supposed to, right? Yeah, exactly. And so we start piling filter upon filter upon filter on the internet. And they always know how to break it, through. Oh, yeah. And they get through the filters, and I'm sitting here stuck with a, a nice, fancy $1,500 paperweight because I can't actually do anything on my computer. Right. But. I think where the point of the story was really going, really going, <laughs> yeah, was one of the first things I discovered is we kind of dumped these on teachers and said, "Well, it's real simple. You just click this and this, and you do, 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 do. It's not and so it's not real simple. Oh. Some teachers grabbed this and took off, and I've ne- I've never seen them again. They're you know they are so far ahead of me and everybody else that they are just doing amazing things. And I've got some teachers who still want to micromanage every keystroke a student does on their keyboard because they don't understand that that's pointless. Right. That there's really, you know, that, and so trying to meet teachers where they are and help them get where they want to be. And it applies, obviously applies to students too. Absolutely. Yeah. I can think of a student that we shared and once I realized there was about a five second delay in process, if I asked a question, I had to give it five seconds, six, seven seconds, and then I'd get an answer. And it was usually an incredibly well-reasoned, thoughtful response. But if I put pressure on this kid, I'd never get to get an answer. Right. Did shut down. And, and I was like, why am I expecting this young person to adapt to my old man <laughs> style of teaching when she clearly needs something else. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I got to do better at this. 
So, well, and, and like you were saying earlier, home circumstances and all of that factor in. I'm a big personal relationship. Dude. I want to get to know my kids kind of thing. So I would be really open and honest about my life and where I came from so that especially I seem to be drawn to schools where people are struggling with social socioeconomic Economic, uh-huh. factors, right? Yeah. And so I explained to them that my stepdad was in prison and my mom worked three jobs. And so that meant I was at home changing diapers and fixing dinner and helping brothers and sisters with homework and all of that because we were struggling to survive. And yeah. I always tell them, I grew up PO, P-O. We were so poor, we couldn't afford the second O or the R. <laughs> and it usually takes them about that long. And then I still have kids on Facebook that go, hey, Miss Miles, you still PO? You still PO? Like, every day. <laughs> That's funny. Absolutely every day. And they probably weren't expecting to hear that story from you. Um, no, probably. Not. And that's a cool way to be able to, I mean, it's a good way to be able just to relate immediately, you know, be relatable to them. And so yeah. they're more willing and, to and listen. important, I think, to make those connections and make sure they understand that, look, nothing in life is permanent. You can always reach out and make a change and it's just figuring out what those changes are and how you're going to do it. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, look at you. Yeah. Make a change. All yeah. kinds of change going on. All and it, and I used to be the girl that would like dig her heels in, like, no, can't do change, can't do that. That nope. And now I think probably the main the biggest event in my life that happened that started changing that for me, change, was when I lost my dad. Because mm. whether I liked it or not, like my entire world just changed, like completely yep. fell out from under me, you know. And so trying to figure out how to navigate that and make, you know, make new normals or whatever. And then I learned, you know, after that, just little by little, how to embrace change and to not just like tolerate it, but like embrace it and go, okay, well, this could be a good thing. Let's, let's look at the positive part of this. And that's how you grow. You know, you grow yeah. whenever there's change going on and you don't fight it so badly. Um, yeah. Before, so. And I agree. I, I think my sons used to say, you never will. Uh, I would never They say, hey, can we go to Six Flags tomorrow when we lived in Texas? And I would be like, maybe we'll, we'll see how things work out. Oh, like, why can't you ever say yes or no? And I was like, well, because between now and then, who knows what's going to happen? And yeah. sure enough, like one of those times, the car slipped on wet pavement and we hit the curb and it bent the frame of my car. Oh, no. And so, and I said, see, this is why I never this promised you anything. This is like why I never set because things change yeah. and I've just got to be able to go with the flow. So, right. yeah. Well, and it's hard. Change is hard. Yeah. Change is hard, but it, it it tends to be a little easier when you when you do, or at least for me, when I've learned to embrace it, like I said, um, mm-hmm. and not fight it so hard, <laughs> then it's it's easier, and you you can um, I don't know, not so painful, you know, not so yeah, you know. Well, I like the way you, way you put that. Don't fight it so hard. I, I'm I'm okay with fighting change a little bit and trying to shape the direction it's going yeah you know i don't have to sit back and be a passive passenger no i i want to try to shape the way the change is going but if change is happening yeah and there's certain kinds of there are changes that happen to you no matter what that are circumstantial and that you have no control of over but then there's change that you do have control over and you make decisions and that makes the change and that's what i've done in the last six months i've made significant change in my job situation and in things I'm doing and in my health and self-care because I made decisions to do that. I decided, okay, things are not working so well for me. I need to make changes because nobody was going to make those changes for me. They couldn't make those changes for me. I had to make those decisions myself. So Yeah. And twice now you've mentioned the word self-care and and it's funny because that was something we were focused on a lot two years ago, uh, the instructional coaches were. We were concerned about teachers. And had we had a crystal ball and seen what was coming in just yeah. two short years with the COVID and the lockdown. You really would have been concerned. On, we really would have been concerned. But yeah. we were like, I don't think anywhere in college, any school district that I've ever been associated with, 
Nobody ever says, look, you need to take care of yourself. There's this self-care thing is real. You need yeah. to figure out ways to cut that cord between, I have tried to build, and it's, it's funny because I got two devices sitting here. I've got my school MacBook that I'm on, mm-hmm. and I've got my personal iPad sitting here with things on it. And I'm trying, I, I've taken all of my school email and everything off of my personal, personal. devices. Mm-hmm. I can still check my school email, but it's not sitting there with 47 notifications right. in the in the email icon. Right. And that way, you've established boundaries over. I can sit down and I can relax. And I can take care of myself. I can take care of my family and I can not have to worry about any of this other right. other garbage. Because there were times, and you were talking about how just absolutely maddening the the springtime was. There were times when I'd start doing, whether it was creating screencasts or whether it was editing other people's uh, stuff to put on our YouTube channel or any of that other stuff. I'd start at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'd look up and it would be midnight 30. Yeah. And I was I was still embroiled in whatever it was I was doing. And I was like, yeah. That, no, insane. no, I can't keep doing this. No. And so I, I started segregating and segmenting my, you know, because we got to take care of ourselves because this do. job, this job will give you a heart attack. It will. <laughs> yeah. I, one of my coworkers from last year, she called, she would call me mama Mandy because I was always like boundaries, <laughs> boundaries, yeah. you know, always after her because she was even worse than I was about she I mean she had her work stuff all on her phone I was like there's no way I'm doing that yeah not putting that now I mean we had our work chat you know on my phone but like just mm-hmm. the, the uh, team. and it's funny because when I was in the Air Force and Blackberries first came out we were <laughs> so cool because the Air Force bought I was a, a first sergeant so I was in charge of about 350 people in my my unit yeah and they bought us Blackberries with the keyboard on them and they were you know this big and it yeah. was and I had friends who would clip that on their belt as they were walking out to go to Hawaii for two weeks. What? Like, why, why would you do that? I care about my people more than anybody. You know, yeah. I mean, they're my people and I'm in yeah. charge and I'm, I'm there to take care of them. But when it's my time, it's my time. That's right. When it's my yeah. time, it's my and time, so, by golly. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny because the rest of the, my team now we've gotten to the point where if I have to text somebody on a Saturday or a Sunday, it's like, oh my goodness, I am so I'm sorry so for sorry. bothering you on yeah. your, but I absolutely, I've got a teacher who's on the verge of going to the hospital and I need to figure out why Canvas isn't working right, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And, but we've established those. Yeah. We don't, don't text after this time. And yeah, we had those yeah. two. You have to, you have to put boundaries because nobody else is going to do it for you. No. And we had a, a colleague back at Santa Fe South, wonderful woman who every time the principal said, Hey, could you, she was like, sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. And about six months into her first year teaching, she came and said, I'm quitting. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. She's like, I can't do this anymore. It's like, say no. You have to learn well, the, I, the word no. I, they need to know that I, I want to be part of the team. And I was mm-hmm. like, guess what? The rest of the team is saying no. That's why you're getting stuck with everything. Yeah. Say no. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. I would try to, yeah, the students that would come and observe and stuff like that, I would kind of tell them that too. I'm like, your first year, they're going to try to, everybody's going to try to put everything on you because you're the new kid. That's yep. just how it works. That's just how it is. So you need Buy to know where your boundaries are. And you need to, it's okay to say yes to a few things, but you need to say no to a lot of things. <laughs> File that untrue under what advice would I give to people who are teaching? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Good to go. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit. Tell yeah. us where, where's your favorite place to travel? Oh, I can't answer that. <laughs> I mean, I can, obviously. We made kind of a, a decision when my son was really young. We decided that we wanted to expose him to all of everything that we could as far as the great outdoors, the, yeah. the wide open spaces, the, the variety of culture in America and Canada and all that. And so we got to the point this summer after having literally been in the house all of March and April 
and then you know venturing out to walmart occasionally in may and june the end of june shannon was like we got to go somewhere and she just opened a book and we went to the outer banks of north carolina Uh and stayed on the very southern tip of cape hatteras and took a ferry over to ocracoke where blackbeard uh had a camp and it was very close to where he was killed and i mean it was just this amazing week-long vacation that sprung out up out of nowhere yeah uh, there are places in yellowstone that i will go anytime if if a drop of a hat that's the one i'm always where are we gonna go on vacation this year well there's always yellowstone yeah i'm a disney guy i will go to disney world at the drop of a hat right um how many times have you, you know? been i want to see if you can beat lindy oh lindy's got me beat wait i that i know for a fact we are thinking about spring break for our, oh, this would be our 10th trip. Okay. Yeah, she family. totally got you beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, <laughs> she, and, and I loved working with Lindy because mm-hmm. it would, she and I would plan vacations at the same time. It was like, ooh, have you, oh, no, I haven't. And, you know, there are yeah. websites where insiders go in, they find all these amazing deals. And, yeah, and it was so, Sweet. it was always fun. Yeah. So I I love loved working with Lindy because she was my Disney planning buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know people who that oh yeah, I love Disney. Eh, no, you don't. Uh, no, Not, you don't. You I'm gatekeeping this one. I'm gatekeeping this one. Lindy <laughs> Lindy is a she's a she's the Disney goer pro. Without a doubt. We were really disappointed though because June of this year we had a trip set for England. It was Joshua's oh, graduation no. trip. And he was going to graduate. We're going to hop on an airplane. We're going to fly to London, hang out in London for a couple of days, go all the way up. And on his 18th birthday, we were going to be living in a little cottage on the bank of Loch Ness for his 18th birthday. That'd be so cool. He could have legally walked down to the pub and got a pint. Right. And it was one of those things. We made all of the plans and everything starting like January 4th. Yeah. And by January 28th 29th we were done we had knew that it hotels wasn't and no 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 we oh. had the hotels and we had everything booked we were actually <sighs> going to get on a Ryanair flight and fly to Dublin and spend a couple of days cruising around Southern Ireland and then come back and I mean it was set oh. and as how disappointing worse and worse it was like it'll be okay surely <laughs> here it's going to start burning itself yeah oh uh, crap <sighs> And so luckily, everybody, because like the the little cottage that was on the banks of Loch Ness, they're like, look, we're a very small operation. And as cash comes in, we spend it. So when we say no refunds, we mean absolutely no refunds. No refunds. Oh, son of a gun. Literally two weeks before our trip was supposed to start, I got an email from them saying, okay, we'll send you a check. Oh. Oh, wow. That was really nice. Yeah. An unexpected, what a surprise. They <laughs> refunded the money and it was all, yeah. The only place I didn't get a refund from, and that was because I chose not to, was Shakespeare's The Globe Theater. Oh. We were going to go watch and it was Oh my movie. God. I totally uh, would want to do that. Taming of the Shrew. I think yeah. Or no, As You Like It. As, as You, you like, like It. Yeah. We were going to sit. You've seen Shakespeare in Love. Uh-huh. We were going to sit right about where Queen Elizabeth was sitting in yeah. the in the reconstructed Globe Theater, and they almost went out of business because oh, they are a for-profit organization, and yeah. therefore the English government wasn't giving them any money. And and so I was like, "Look, keep the ticket money, extend my membership, and as a yeah. member of the Globe supporters or whatever." for another year and then keep the rest and they were like well thank you and that's so, cool man but, that would have been so cool oh, it was uh. and, okay getting a little back to the deep dive my grandparents my grandmother's name uh, last name was Bowlby, uh-huh. and it's always been a matter of controversy in the family where the name came from i found the actual chapel that still has this book from back in 1100 that has the first known recorded name uh, version of Bowlby. Okay. And it, it actually means it a bull farm. Okay. Is what it is. But it, it's the name and it's Boltsby Thirsk 
uh, in Yorkshire. Uh-huh. And we were going to be staying at a bed and breakfast that was a mile from from this. that. Yeah. And I I bought the, you know, the little vials where you can put somebody's ashes or something in it. And it, right. I was going to collect about a hundred of those with dirt in them and give them to all my family members. <laughs> Yeah, so if you know anybody who wants any little pendants that you can put somebody got, in, I've, got I know a guy who can hook you up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, as a history, DC a, is the first while. big trip I ever took. I was in like fifth grade, and it was one of those school trips. I lived in Detroit at the time. We we took a bus out to Willow Run Airport, which is like. Uh, Will Rogers here, not uh-huh. Will Rogers, uh, Wiley Post. Wiley Post, uh-huh. Yeah, and so it's a little tiny airport, and we got on a prop-driven airplane, flew to Washington, D.C., spent the day in Washington, D.C., got on the airplane, and flew back. Holy cow. Yeah. That's a but quick run. My first, ever, my first ever airplane ride, which led to me joining the Air Force, Oh. which helped spark my interest in history, which yeah. led me to where I'm at today. So that is super connected. cool. Yeah. Super cool. It's all connected. It's all connected. Everything's connected. It's all connected. It is. Who or what motivates you and inspires you? I don't want to say it's situational, but it, it kind of is. It's kind of a hard question. You know, I, I, I could go all smarmy here and, you know, come up with some deep philosophical, but I think it's right now, I'm at this point in my career where I started 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. So those 13 and 14 year olds mm-hmm. that I got to meet 14 years ago are now grown adults. Yeah. With jobs and kids and mm-hmm. all of that. And freaks me out every time I see somebody else having a baby. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, oh it, yeah, definitely. Makes me feel old. And, but you see them living their best lives, you know, because there's a group that I keep in regular touch with on Facebook because Mm -hmm. when I met them and we were getting to know each other, and that's one of the things I absolutely loved about Santa Fe South was having those kids for three years because got to know them so well. Now, some of them. Some of that was not great, but yeah. But you know what's funny is even though kids for three years were like this, yeah, today, they're like, oh my God, Mr. Miles. I look back on that class and I go, why? Why? I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, water under the bridge. Let's yeah. live our best lives now. <laughs> I watch them and I'm watching them grow and I'm watching them become good people. Yeah. And that's encouraging. It, it is because they took some of what we taught them. Right. Threw it away. <laughs> kept far away. some of it. Yeah, far, far away. <laughs> but they kept. Some of it, like one of them the other day asked, called me and asked me a question because she saw something on the news and she had a question about the Constitution. Oh, wow. It's like, you were the best person I knew to ask. And I was like, there you go. A, that's kind of scary. And B, <laughs> I am incredibly honored. Yeah. And so we talked for like three days about, about how the Constitution was laid out and why it was the way it was and, you know, yeah. all of that. And I was like, that's cool. If I had to teach for another 20 years, that's how I think I would keep going. No, no, I'm, trust me, retirement and I, we're, our hands are coming really together close. like this. We're about to shake <laughs> because Jan and I are going to buy a, a mini Winnebago and hit the road. Hit the road, Jack. That's yep, going to be go, so cool. Go see stuff. Yeah. Why not? Deserve yeah. it. You earned it for sure. What are some of your favorite podcasts, books? Reading is such a horrible subject for me. <laughs> I was the kid who would read the back of a cereal box four or five times every time I sat down because I loved reading. I loved, I may have mentioned that I grew up in a poor household. So yeah. going to the movies wasn't in the cards, you know, none of the, the cool stuff that whatever my fellow contemporaries were playing with, that wasn't something I could, I had access to books I've had a library account as long as I've known right I love reading and then I got my master's degree hours of just inane stupid pointless (laughs) reading but I got my master's you got it it burned me out then I graduated in 2015 Uh and 
five years, I've picked up maybe three books. And it's like, I, I hate this because it's just, I don't know. It's going to shake me. that somehow, huh? I, I do because I have so many, I've got stacks and stacks. Some because I still things. buy books. Yeah. I, I do. I buy historical things. I buy, right now I'm trying to go back and, and read like Mark Twain. All, one of my all-time favorite authors, yeah. Mark Twain. Go back and read some Mark Twain, something familiar, something that I'm comfortable with, something uh-huh. that I don't have to spend a lot of processing time on because I've read it 26 times now. Yeah. And maybe that'll do it. But Maybe that'll do it. Books, books, yeah, that's a sore subject. Podcasts, it kind of depends. When we go on vacation, a couple of years ago, we went down to Disney. Joshua was just my son. It was in the high school marching band and they got invited to go to Disney World and march down Main Street. Fun. We've been taking Joshua since he was 18 months old. Yeah. So here he is, 17, going to march down Main Street. Uh, yes. Yeah. So Shannon and I drove down there in a couple of days before he got down there. And the whole way down there, whole way back, we listened to true crime podcasts. Okay. I think it started two or three vacations before that with Serial. Do you remember Serial? Uh-uh. It was like one of the first big true crime podcasts. It was amazing. I mean, so Shannon is on a lot of these. Uh, there was a TV show not too long ago called Dear John or Dirty John. Mm-hmm. And it was about a guy who uh, was a polygamist and probably a murderer wandered around the country and married women and just all sorts of crazy things. So we're kind of stuck on those when we go on trips. I'll listen to Disney podcasts or uh, the Nerdist, you know, just kind of weird, cool technology things Uh or um, got four or five different instructional coaching podcasts. Uh We actually tried sporadically to get one going ourselves, but lost one of our team members to Apple this summer. He got his dream job and is now working for Apple. Well, all right then. uh, The reins of podcast turned to me and Mm -hmm. trying to get six people to agree on a topic, much less what to talk about. That's too too many people, I would think. I may, and, and Chris, the, my friend who went to Apple, has been suggesting that I, I've got a microphone and I've got the whole, you know, we do our podcast through an online platform just like this, you know, yeah. off we go. So I may end up being a podcast one. Hey, guess what? I'll invite you on. See? Okay, I'll do it. We, we can do this. Thing. Yeah. Sweet. So. And it kind of just depends on what I do. I want to be entertained. Do I want something fun? Do mm-hmm. I want? Okay. What uh, advice would you give to your younger self? Mm. Oh my goodness. That's I, I kind of like our discussion earlier with, with talking about going with the changes, you know, yeah. wasn't a, I wasn't a strong student, solid C student uh-huh. across the board. I I fell in love with history in high school because of a a history teacher I had, but college was not, you know, it was a solid C average. Colleges, especially in the late 70s, early 80s, it's not like they were begging mediocre students to come to school. Right. It wasn't an expectation that everybody go to college. Right. And so I was like, well, let's go find something else. So I think I would probably tell my younger self, just understand that where you are today is not where you're going to be next week. Right. So if something needs to be changed, make the incremental changes to make it happen. And I think I would tell myself, don't be an idiot. (laughs) Listen to the advice of people who truly care about you. I had a, a crew member in the Air Force who, when I was really, I mean, I was 19, just you know, I was 20. I had just gotten married. Uh-huh. And he That's was young. like, he was like, don't start getting credit cards. Don't start getting loans for things. Yeah. Because this is the one thing that will bite you the hardest for a long, long, for long, a long, long time. time. And I was like, I need to have credit cards because how am I going to get a TV and a, a Mattel and <laughs> television? Those important and things a, that you need. <laughs> yeah. The Atari 2600 is coming out. I need <laughs> to buy one. 
And that I wonder how many listeners are going to know what that was. Yeah. Sorry. Go watch a YouTube video, kids. Right. You'll know what an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. That's where is. I learned to play Pac Man. It's on an Atari. Oh yeah. You betcha. And and that bit me for a long time. And I sit there and I go, you know, had I listened, mm-hmm. just just even a tenth if it had soaked in, so uh, soaked in, soaking. I'm making up words now. <laughs> my life would have probably been significantly different. You know, it wouldn't have taken me until I'm ready for retirement to get to the point where I could be ready for retirement. Right. But when you're 18, when you're 19, when you're 20 and you don't have the making $14,000 a year as an airman in the air force, Mm -hmm. you don't need to have a Dillard's credit card. You don't. No, 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 it's really not necessary. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Foolish you. (sighs) I used to tell kids that all the time. I go, look, I I get that this is Charlie Brown's classroom. Right. And nine times out of ten, when I'm up here talking, if you hear me, you hear wah 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 wah, and understand I'm not telling you stuff so that you can go, oh geez, Mr. Miles, you're really smart. I've got the scars to prove this. Right. Kids, I try to keep you in there. Yeah. Keep you from going through some of the crap we've been done. Exactly. Ten years from now, when you look back and you go, oh, my God, I've screwed this up. Mr. Miles was totally right. Mm-hmm. You can text me and I can go, ha ha. Ha ha. Told I you so. Ready. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I live for. Ha. <laughs> Told you so. Yeah. Uh, well, so what's one thing that you would like to leave with our listeners today? Be yourself. Be your true self, your authentic self. And I get a lot of grief from fellow teachers because they're like, you are way really informal with kids. And you, you know, it's, you tell them your personal life story. I'm like, I don't tell them everything. You know, it's, it's, I I have a filter. Yeah. But when kids walk into my class and I've, I've got a, I've got actually several Friday songs Uh started with Rebecca Black Friday. You remember Uh Rebecca Black? Huge YouTube star. She, there was this guy who was, who was for $5,000, you take your teenage son or daughter to Los Angeles and you get five days in a studio uh-huh. with other students, with other kids who paid this fee and they shoot, they write a song specifically for you. And then you shoot a music video and you own the rights to the song, the video, the guy makes no money off of that. All he wow. got was the $5,000 for setting it all up. And her song was this song called Friday, uh-huh. where she's talking about going out and partying and, you know, having a great time on Friday nights because she's done with the school week. Cheesy song, incredibly cheesy, but it's one of those earworms that get in you yeah. and you can't stop singing it. Oh, yeah. So we started with Friday and, we're done. and then there was uh, Happy Boy by the Beat Farmers. Uh-huh. Beat Farmers were an 80s band. The, the style of music is cow punk. It's a combination punk? of punk and con- country music. And I didn't even know that existed. I didn't either until there was the DJ here in Oklahoma City that used to play Happy Boy on Fridays. Okay. And it became this song that I just, I loved hearing. And so I would play it and I would do this little do to do to do to do dance around the room <laughs> and, you know, kind of a weird country. Uh, yeah great aunts kind of thing and kids would sit there and look at me like I was an idiot they were like oh my god this guy's lost his mind (laughs) at the beginning of the year right they changed their tune I'm sure when I was at Putnam City 10th graders would come back to my room or 11th graders I taught 10th grade 11th graders would come back and go can you please just play the Friday song for me nobody else plays Friday song it's funny how once they're not in your class they come love back. You. I want to be back in your room. Like you didn't yeah. feel that way before when you were actually here. Yeah. Showed no signs whatsoever of enjoying no yourself in my class. You had no desire to be part no. of this. So no. there's the door. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> but what I discovered was that by being who I am, they slowly but surely figured out they could be who they were. Yes. And, and so I got to see the scared kid and I got to see the kid who really liked school, but couldn't tell anybody he liked school. Right. I've had it wasn't several cool. kids come out to me and, yeah. and 
proclaim who their true self is. And and they're always the, the when I say why did you feel that it was okay to tell me there's like because you are who you are and and yeah. you you know you always show us who you are so comfortable in your skin. Yeah, and I was like, you know, that's I think I think that's the best I could hope for is I think so. I, I think to that's see a, who I am and yeah, yeah, because I mean, growing up, just looking back at when I was a teenager and junior high and stuff, I was so insecure and so self-conscious and man, it would have been so much easier. I think if there were somebody there to, to tell us, or, and maybe they were telling us, I don't know, but it never clicked if they did that you can just be yourself, you know, just, yeah, I was painfully shy as a kid. And I mean, uh, I went to 23 different schools before I graduated from high Holy school, shnikes. moved around a lot, a lot. And one time stands out, I got violently sick the night before school started because I was so nervous about starting school that next day. Ugh. I've done this, you know, I was in fifth grade at the time. So you know, I'd already switched schools probably 10 times. Yeah. But every single time I would get and now, <laughs> you know, you're, mis- you're embarrassing yourself, Mr. Miles. I was like, nope, I'm definitely not. Nope. Dancing not in front of the, I'm in a pink poodle skirt in front of the entire school. I, I don't am care. not embarrassing myself at all, ever. <laughs> and yeah, so if I had listened, if somebody was actually trying to reach out to me back then as a kid, mm-hmm. if I had listened, but I want to be there for the kids that I have now so, yeah. so that they don't end up like me <laughs> in a poodle skirt <laughs> in a poodle skirt with a pink bow on your bald head. So, right. Yeah. Good times. That was so Good much times. fun. That was, I, I, I'm really glad you asked me to, to do this because first of all, I haven't seen you. I know four or five years. years. Yeah. Four or five, four, five yeah, seven, whatever. I've been in, I've I'm been in Norman teacher, for, right? I've been yeah, exactly. It, time no no longer matters. It's no. just the time of COVID, and right. it's just going to keep going. I think having a good sit down and think about why I'm doing what I'm doing and uh-huh. and how I'm doing it and why my life is where it is right now. I I think that kind of introspection is always a good thing. Yeah, you know, sure kind of is. examine what your motivations are. And mm-hmm. I was happy. I was like, yeah, this is this will be good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm glad you're glad that you did it. So yeah, I'm certainly glad. Which is handy. Yeah. Yeah. The students are going to be pumped. At least some of them. Yeah. I I made a huge mistake the other day. I've got two hard drives full of pictures from Santa Fe South. Oh no. I was looking for (laughs) one in particular and I dropped it on Facebook and instantly there was a, Oh my God, do you have any of me? I probably got seven or eight thousand pictures from my times at Santa Fe South because there were days I would just walk around with a camera and just take hundreds yeah. of pictures of them just being goofy middle schoolers. Right. And yeah. so oh that was just a huge can of worms. Yeah, I'm gonna build a folder, an album on Facebook called Santa Fe South, the Golden Years or there you like go. That, and just mass dump all of them in there and right. then say, you guys sort through them because sort through them yeah. yourself because I don't have time. Yeah. But it's funny because you see little Brian Escada when he was a sixth grader or Fabiola and Esteban and, yeah. and you know, the two little just kind of right. uh, just like, oh, my goodness. They were so little. You yeah. you posted one of Jackie not long ago. Mm-hmm. And she Jackie was, Yeah, and I talked to her a little yeah. bit on Messenger. So that yeah. was cool. She's awesome. I ran into uh, Juan Morales. Oh, I yeah. Joshua down for... Uh, junior day down uh-huh. to OU and we were walking through one of the buildings and I feel a smack on my shoulder and said, Mr. Miles. Ah. And I turned around and there was one and it was like in May, right uh-huh. before graduation. And he was literally in two weeks getting into a car and driving to Seattle to start his internship at Boeing. With, wow. Um, oh, with, that is I think so it's cool. Alex Rodriguez. And I was yeah. like, I was like, that, that makes me so happy. I you know. know. And I have a student who's a graduating senior at OU, and he's going to go off 
That is amazing. Totally. Yeah. That's it so exciting. Just, and so it's kind of a fart yeah. too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and to couple that with the fact that he's going off to do an internship at Boeing. Yeah. He was a little toad. And <laughs> we're like, turned out okay. And, and we had a part. That's in that, right. No we did have a know. part in that. So I'm going to take some like, credit. Oh yeah. I have to, because one of those small happinesses when you run into, yeah. I ran into Ruth Cruces oh, at yeah. OU. She yeah. was in the cafeteria. Did she uh, see you first? Restaurant. She did. Did she come running? Uh, yes. And and some of the most serious collisions I've ever been in are with students who have seen me at Walmart or right. whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. They make me laugh. Have so. you listened to my interview with once, uh, I mean, with Jose Sandoval and with uh, no. Joseph John? Yeah, I interviewed both no. of them. I know you interviewed Joseph, but I yeah. haven't listened to either one of them yet. I've got yeah, to go back you need and to listen to him. Yeah. Joseph, I just love Joseph. Oh, God, such a good kid. Such yeah. a good kid. Yeah, of course, they're now grown adults and we're calling them kids. but They're yeah. always going to be our kids. Yeah. It's not, I can't help it. Anyway, okay. thank you so much for talking with me tonight. And Definitely. it's been nice chatting about teacher stuff. And I really, really enjoyed right. it. And life stuff. My pleasure. Anytime. Right. And if I got other people that you can talk to. Okay. Well, really. I'm all for that. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you are enjoying this podcast, then I would love it if you would leave a rating or review if you're listening on a platform that gives you that option. I'm working on new things to come with this podcast and I love it that you're on this journey with me. Thank you so much for joining me and don't forget to dream big and kick ass.